0: Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today I get to talk to my sister, Rebecca one last time if you didn't listen to the first two episodes with her go back and listen because she is fantastic and amazing person she's a bulldog and she wears a halo and she (laughs) is a rocket ship taking off into the sky at all times
1: so welcome Rebecca thank you for that intro I'm gonna carry you around in my pocket and have you introduce me everywhere
0: yeah, girl. In I'm fact, a I should have had some like I should have had some music in the background, of, like you know, like what they play for like people in the baseball parks and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know, or
0: like Rocky like NBA when they have like the lights all mm-hmm. flashing around. Walkout song.
1: That's what that's yeah. called. Be like mine would be Rocky. In
0: this corner, Rebecca Welsh <laughs> <laughs> weighing in at. We're not gonna say. that would be rude (laughs) that would be unfortunate no because you're totally skinny it'd be fine Mm. so anyway Rebecca today we are talking one more time about our verse for this month which is learn to do right seek justice defend the oppressed take up the cause of the fatherless plead the case of the widow it's from Isaiah 117 and the reason Rebecca is on the show other than the fact that she's Amazing person is that this is kind of like your mantra. This is like who you are. You're the you are the like putting on your boxing gloves, and you're like, I'm fighting injustice in the world doing that.
1: Yeah, I um, I just feel like if something doesn't feel right, you need to say something or do something about it. It's it's pretty simple. Yes,
0: it is pretty simple, but I think sometimes we look at everything going mm-hmm. on in the world, like all of the injustice. I mean, you look at like sex trafficking, homelessness, racism, street kids in third world countries, poverty, like there's so many different things that that we can kind of sit back and become like, like, oh, I, that just is overwhelming. I can't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So today I want to talk about how do we make small steps? How do we mm-hmm. make a difference kind of in our sphere and our corner of the world? And, um, so Rebecca started a nonprofit like 15 years ago called the halo foundation, and they are committed to helping kids essentially have a better life all around the world. Kids who don't have parents, kids who are street kids, um, kids in the United States who are, you know, pregnant moms and don't have a place to go. So she's, she's kind of done like a big thing, but because she's done that big thing, doesn't mean she did it all by herself. There are all these like millions of little pieces and parts that all work together to make a difference. Um, So Rebecca, how do you know that you're making a difference? Like what is it about doing what you do that makes you feel like I'm making a difference?
1: So sometimes you don't know and you really have to rely on your faith to, to, you know, imagine that you are doing something that's making a difference and it, it takes time. It takes time for people to accept love, like some people, you know, someone once told me you can only love as much as you've been loved. Mm -hmm. And so for people to learn how to accept love and to, um, be willing to actually make a change in their life because they now understand number one, what love is. And number two, how to give love. Right. Mm Um, sometimes people, expect that, like if, for instance, at Halo, if someone gives a big donation to our girls, they expect that the girls are over the moon and super grateful and saying thank you right away. Mm. Well, sometimes they're confused, like they don't know how to do that. Right. Um, they've how never do been... you receive something when you've never they received just, anything? Yeah. And, and they've never seen anybody receive something and, and properly thank someone, right? Mm. So... There's a lot that goes into it, but I will say that um, over the years, it has been incredible to watch the girls and the boys that we support come out of it and turn their lives into something great. But it takes thousands of tiny little acts to make that happen. You know, mm-hmm. it ranges from the person who's cooking the meals or the, don- the, the volunteer who is dropping off a home-cooked meal to, you know, the person who donates their old baby clothes to, to an expecting mother, to the mentor who comes over and teaches a girl how to hold a baby for the first time, to the donor who gives us the funding to be able to buy a wheelchair for a girl who needs one or a hearing aid, and it's not covered by their insurance. You know, it ranges all over the place to like 25 cents for a meal for our kids that are international. Um, we have a, a program called the change box that we we share with kids and families that, you know, you have this little box that you put on your table, uh, your dinner table, and kids can understand like, hey, there are kids in the world that don't get to be fed. And this is a way that we can give to help them receive a meal. Right. I love um, that. Yeah. And I it's important that we all understand that every tiny little thing that we're doing, Even though you sometimes, most of the time, don't get to see the difference that you're making, you are making a difference.
0: Let me just say this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The change box at the dinner table reminds me of this experiment that we did as a family, and it was really actually a cool thing. It was a, a ministry in our old, in Pennsylvania, and they basically just helped, like, feed people around the world. But they encouraged you as a family for a week to eat like people around the world eat, like on like very little money. And so I legitimately fed my family. We only did it for five days because we couldn't make it for seven. (laughs) We were all dying. We ate beans and rice and tortillas only for legit five straight days, five meals a day. Like my kids were bringing beans and rice to school. And at first they were like super pumped about it. By the end of the week, though, they were like, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. And we hate this. And what you're supposed to do is then, you know, give the money that you would have spent on food to that organization, but it's, it gave, that. it gave them this sense of empathy of this is what it feels like for, because even no matter how much food you put in your belly, if that's what you're eating, you're always, you've always got this like gnawing hunger because you're mm-hmm. not getting all the nutrients that you need. You're not getting all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure probably a doctor would be like, don't do that. But
1: It's only one week. Everyone can live.
0: I mean, this was—I'm not kidding you. It was like four years ago, and my kids regularly talk about it still, because (laughs) it had such a great impact on them. Because they really felt what it felt like, and none of them would say, "Let's not do that again." In fact, they've asked to do it again. I'm like, "I don't. Do you guys remember that? That was awful."
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I do think think that... that there
0: are these things that you can do that make a difference. And and you're right. A lot of times we don't see it. And that was just an example of some way to like help you maybe feel like what it would feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reality is so oftentimes we don't feel like we're making a difference. And not only that, but then you get these naysayers who are like, you can't make a difference.
1: Oh, hundred
0: percent. So will you tell me a little bit about pushback that you've gotten, you know, in recent years, regarding like maybe the the girls home and the boys home that you opened up um here stateside mm-hmm. like did you get pushback on that from people saying like you can't do that
1: absolutely um I'll never forget I had a, a room full of people just people that we kind of handpicked from the community in a couple different times I've had you know grown-ups telling me <laughs> that why would you want to try to do this? Why would you serve these kids? These kids are a lost cause. You know, once they're, I've I've read that once they're past, you know, 14, they, there's no change. There's never going to be a change. You Mm -hmm. know, you're biting off something that's bigger than you can chew. Think about the legal ramifications that could happen. I mean, everybody, I would say more people were saying that than not. And to me, it's like, these are the kids that are thrown out in our in our society, and it is our job to respond to them. And if we mm-hmm. do not, those are the kids who are going to grow up into adults with no love, and they are going to be the ones who will turn into criminals if we don't help them. Right? Right. Like give them a different option. Give them an option for love and for their lives to be positive, and they will take it. They will take it. You know, the girls home here in Jeff City, the first five girls we moved in are doing great now. And they're in their early 20s. And they're huge success stories. And it's like, you know what? All they needed was a safe place to live and people who believed in them. They needed people to tell them, this, this is where you are right now. And you can either have, be on this trajectory or on this trajectory. And you surround them with love. And, you know, it's tough. It is not easy. I will never forget those first few moments of, like, realizing the world, even even after being in Africa, serving in Africa and having, you know, 10 spots in a home and, and 200 kids who want in mm-hmm. and, and trying to make that choice. Like, who's in the greatest need? I remember feeling that way here the first time we started serving kids here, the same exact way. And even, it was even worse because the kids here see different ways that people live on TV and, and they're, you know, mm. it's not like, you know, the vast majority of their community is living in poverty, right? Right. There are kids right. that live in poverty here. Absolutely. And there are communities that live in poverty, but they also see this other side of the tracks all the time. Mm. So, mm. you know, and it's, it was really, really hard when we first started. I, I was really heartbroken for these kids. Um, But I saw time and time again, like they would see, I remember uh, volunteers bringing in their couch and their beds and their, all their things and setting up these living spaces for the kids. And they were just blown away by that. And then it would be like, I mean, they wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't tell me that, but I knew it, you know, later on, they've told me Mm. that now because Mm. it's not cool to act that way. You know, they're all hardened at, at the beginning. Um, and then like volunteers who bring meals for dinner, we have, um, Sunday night dinners at the home here, um, in Missouri and just for them to see volunteers come in and bring lasagna that they care enough to do that. Even if it's a two second, hi, thank you, or hi, you know, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it impacts them. It shows them a different way of life and they grow through the program. And when they're done, they want to give back. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, your tiny acts of kindness, whatever it is, whatever organization you're serving, whatever person you're serving, you know, if it's a friend, if it's a, you know, an organization like Halo, the little things you do, the donations you make, the money that you're able to, to give to help the, propel these things along, the time. We call it time, talent, and treasure um, mm-hmm. is so important because every single thing. Makes a difference. And, and when you give, you shouldn't expect anything back. Like sometimes we give to make ourselves feel better and you got to check that at the door because giving does make you feel better. It should just make you feel better because you gave. You shouldn't be looking for like some sort of thank you all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I I do think that's a hard concept for us is that, you know, what is really motivating or giving? Are we motivated because we have been given so much um, or are we motivated because we feel like there's a, there's a gap or missing something and we want to fill ourselves up,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's really great. This verse would be a great exercise to take and write down and really brainstorm and dig deep and think about all the ways that you've done all of those things and how can you do it in a more powerful way? Like what else could Mm -hmm. you do or what could you charge your family with or what could you, you know, one or two things will make a difference. If you, if you say, Hey, we're going to be intentional about our giving, think time, Mm -hmm. talent, and treasure, right? You can either time, you can say every Saturday we're going to go out and pull the weeds for, you know, the organization down the street that houses rape and abuse victims or even nursing homes. I mean, it, mm. it, it doesn't matter. You're going to, and, and and making sure when you volunteer that you're asking, what do you all need? Instead of it being, what do I want out of this? Because all of us want the more romantic, uh, it's just part of human nature, I think. Everybody wants a right. romantic way of volunteering, but right. When they say is toothbrushes,
0: right? Or when they say we need somebody to clean our bathroom, you're like, okay, give me the brush. I got it. I got this. Totally. Like turning up your nose. Like what?
1: Oh my gosh. Don't you know volunteer at halo named Emily who has been the most consistent volunteer of all time. And she never asks for anything. She comes in and cleans the home like top to bottom and is a total warrior like, trooper. Like, mm. I am totally moved by her. I think she's amazing. And, you know, she just comes and she's like, hi. And she takes her mop bucket and she's on her way. And it's like, that is incredible. That is incredible. I love that right? story. So, I think it's just a matter of digging and thinking a couple of a couple of things. What can we do? A couple of things to, to make a difference and not be overwhelmed by it. And not expect anything back from it. Because if you do, you're going to be disappointed.
0: Well, Beck, we are out of time. But such good ideas. And um, as somebody who runs uh, an organization that is basically running off of volunteers, I know that you really appreciate all the little things. And you see all the little things. And as much as sometimes we feel like when we do little things, it doesn't help. It doesn't matter every little bit. Matters. So, Every single
1: you. little tiny thing combined makes a difference in just one life will make a difference in generations. Awesome. All right, sister.
0: Thank you so much for your time. All right, thanks love for being you on so. our show. I love you too. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell podcast. You can find out more about us on Instagram, Facebook, and at DwellDifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through a monthly Scripture Memory membership, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.